welcome back to the FKT Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. Today we're chatting with Julie Wallace. Julie has set several FKTs, and today we're going to chat with her about her recent unsupported female FKT on Shining Rock Wilderness Ridge in North Carolina, as well as what led her to attempt her first solo FKT. So let's dive in. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hi. So I've been to the Shining Rock Wilderness. I think it's lovely. That was part of the reason why I wanted to talk with you about this when I saw that you set this record. But I don't think a lot of our listeners are very familiar with it unless they're in the North Carolina region. So can you tell us a little bit about the route and maybe like the surrounding area, what attracted you to it in the first place? Yeah. So I, I actually am a, I guess like a transplant to North Carolina. I moved out there in December. I'm an Oregonian, fifth generation Oregonian. My grandparents or great, great grandfather homesteaded Oregon. So I'm always looking for new adventures. And when I arrived in North Carolina, I just was looking on the FKT site and seeing what are some areas that would be really nice. And I knew the Blue Ridge Parkway had some really beautiful areas. And so I was looking through the site and I was trying to look at the distances of the FKTs and the Shining Rock Wilderness looked really interesting to me. And I liked it because it had all of those peaks that you had to climb up and down and it runs along also the Art Loeb Trail. And this particular FKT actually runs along an older version of that trail. And so it kind of was interesting to me because for one, it was the right length. And then two, a woman has not done that yet or placed a name on it. And out West in Oregon, there's a group called Women Who FKT. And so I kind of was looking for something to put a name up for women. And then because there were so many ridges that you had to climb up and over. And it was just very interesting to explore a new area or a new region coming from Oregon and the contrast between what we have to deal with in Oregon versus here. It's very different because in Oregon, it's like you spend your day climbing the peak and then you're running down. Whereas you don't do this peak to peak to peak to peak. And so that was always fun. And I just thought it was really beautiful. And there's one part, I can't remember which mountain it was, but they actually had these granite rocks coming out of the ground. I felt like I was in a wonderful, magical place. Mm -hmm. So that was really fun. I think that a magical place is a great way to describe the Shining Rock Wilderness and the East in general. I think the Appalachians have a lot of really interesting rock features and, and things that are very distinctive and make you kind of feel like you're in a fairyland. So your family, you said homesteaded in Oregon. Did they by any chance come from North Carolina? Like, is there like a really cool like connection? No, there's not a connection. There's not a connection there. A lot of my Oregon friends are moving to the region. They want to escape the fires. There's just a migration going to North Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not too surprised about that. So I lived for many years in the Seattle area. And I'm out on the East Coast now as well. I keep wanting to go back West, but I'm just like, well, I don't really want to breathe smoke for months on end, you know. So North Carolina is a very attractive location for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, So back to the route a little bit. You said it was the right length. And I think that's just under 18 miles because it was like an out and back. Yeah. Yeah. About around 18 miles. Um, And of course, it, it was all brand new to me. I have never set foot in that area before in my life. Oh, wow. So the whole entire route was new for me. So it was a little bit scary because for one, I don't know the area. Out in Oregon, it's like I know the trails really well. I've been on them a lot. And so I know my exit strategies if I get into trouble. Whereas out trying this new trail, there was a little bit towards the end where it was a little bit scary for me because it was a lot more remote. 
and steep. And I just don't know how people go in and out of there from that access point. I don't know the trails that connect to it. So it was all kind of like, I was nervous at the end because I, I didn't know, I didn't know where I was. And it, the trail ended up being, it seemed much longer than the actual GPS was saying or whatever, which happens sometimes, as we all know, who's going out there and doing this stuff. But I, I don't know, I just was nervous. And it was also more difficult than what I had set out to do. I had in my head, I was going to be done in X amount of hours, but it actually was two hours longer or a couple hours longer than what I had thought because of the train. And then I don't know if I, I hurt myself in a ultra marathon in the fall. I busted my knee running the Pilot Mountain Hanging Rock Ultra. And three miles into that race, I fell and I busted my knee open and I had to be pulled off the course and carted into the emergency room. And that subsequently resulted in a injury that required surgery. And I was out for about a month. And I signed up for the Black Canyon Ultra Marathon in Arizona. And I ran that. But since that injury, I've been very timid running in technical terrain. I'm nervous about falling and everything. It's really rooty out east versus out west. And so that's something that I've been accustomed to. And so so that in, com- in combination of the heights and the difficulty of the terrain, it was just a lot longer than I had planned. <laughs> but but at the same time, as I, I left the whole day open to do this thing, so it wasn't a bad thing. And um, once I got to the turnaround point and came back through, then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to be able to make dinner with my honey, but we're good. <laughs> you know, so right. but I had intermittent cell coverage. And then the views from each mountain or each little thing was just amazing. I mean, it was beautiful all the way. And towards the end, it was very, it was really technical. I mean, climbing up and over those things. Did you have enough supplies? I mean, being out there for several hours longer. Yeah, I love just going out for hours and running and just five hours, six hours. And I did that Black Canyon 100K. And so I'm used to carrying all my stuff with me. And so I have my vest and I I have plenty of supplies for fuel. I had a total of either 1,500 or 2,000 for my water. And then I had plenty of fuel supplies. And then in other places, I would maybe carry a filter, a water filter, but there's not much as far as creek crossings or anything like that. So it's very limited on that. So I knew I had to carry everything with me. And so I I felt like I had enough supplies out there. I have a little cleanup kit <laughs> in case I needed to use the restroom or something, but I felt I was adequately, you know, supplied up. I haven't carried the GPS thing. A lot of the hikers will carry because I feel like I'm this Oregonian and <laughs> I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay, which is a very arrogant way of thinking. So I do need to get myself one of those. My boyfriend is really, he's on me to get that. And I always take a picture of what I look like. <laughs> like I, I'll take a picture of my outfit it and give it to this is what I look like in case I get into trouble I've never gotten into any big trouble yet but you never know I mean the one thing I did I did think during that trip I wish I had the GPS thing just towards the end because I didn't know where I was at I'm at the on back part of it for sure the the shiny rock wilderness is pretty remote I definitely tried to go on a trail there that was on the map but it wasn't really on the ground there is definitely something to be said for having some sort of GPS with you, whether for navigation or for safety, but those other tips are very good and and very important. I I really like the idea of taking the picture of what you look like in your gear to leave with 
somebody because I think that that's something that can come in really handy. Like if something does happen, you know, like which we all hope, of course, nothing does happen, but that can be super helpful for the search and rescue. I'm curious why you chose a difficult route that you'd never set foot on in a new place for your first solo FKT? I don't know. I guess it's my nature. (laughs) Um, In this, I'm also constantly training for like ultra marathons. And so I'm always wanting to look for one, it was close to Asheville. So I wanted something close to Asheville. And the other thing is I like to push my body and see where I can take my body. And the elevation wasn't something that that's not something that scared, makes me nervous. My girlfriend and I out in Oregon actually created a FKT. It was called the Jack Ash Trail. We were training for a hundred K and I think it's like 38 miles long. And so nobody had ever done it. And I didn't know if I was even going to be able to do it. And she brings me the stuff. And she says, hey, want to do this? And I'm like, sure, I'll do that. So I'm always up for the adventure. But honestly, I didn't realize how, I guess I was humbled during it because I didn't realize how difficult the steepness was going to be and the technical Mm -hmm. aspect of it. I guess the reason why I chose something so hard is I just like the challenge and I like to push my body and also because of my training for other events and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And to, to, to put a female name on it. There is another one. There's FKT North of Asheville that is, I think, a 37 miler that I don't think anybody has done. So that might be one that I'll do in the fall. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at that one and seeing and eyeing it. And and the, and it wasn't like the shiny rock. It's not like, okay, one day in one week, I said, I'm going to go out and do it. I had been eyeing it for a while. I had to plan out the right day. I had to make sure I had the right time. I needed a whole day to do it. So I needed to plan, mm-hmm. okay, when is a good time to do it? So I had been eyeing it for a while and checking on it and looking at the maps and seeing if I, you know, where it's all at. I personally love to do things that are just a challenge. So I totally get that. And so it sounds like to me, like maybe... Maybe the most challenging aspect of the route was just the technicality and the constant elevation gain and loss. Like, yeah. And so did that surprise you when you got out there? Like the level up? It did. Because I'm like, when are these going to be over? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like, when are they going to be done? But at the same time, too, I'm used to going up and down, up and down. And that's one thing that I've gotten used to because I've been running or training a lot in out in the Bent Creek wilderness in Asheville. And all of that area, you have lots of up and down. And this mountain to seas trail, there's lots of up and down. Oh, yeah. and so I knew that it was going to be somewhat like that. I just didn't know that it was going to be that steep and rocky. Like you have the big riverbed rocks that are not a part of the river, but you have to go through them. And there's lots of vegetation on the trail. So you have narrow areas. I think I came out with like some some war wounds, I guess. <laughs> right. Scrapes on my legs. It definitely was not easy. And it did humble me because I, I went in thinking, oh, I'll be done in this, this amount of time. But no, it was it was much, much more difficult than what I had set out to do. <laughs> Hills are my nemesis, though. I do not like running up hills, walking mm-hmm. something, but running is challenging going yeah. up the hills. So. Yeah. That is definitely a difference that surprises a lot of people, especially in the Appalachian region, like versus, you know, if you're coming from someplace like Colorado or the Pacific Northwest, it's like everything is built for only for foot traffic and mm-hmm. very steep foot traffic. It's not graded for stock and it's it's nothing you can get into a rhythm. Right. You know, you're very, you know, I, I liken it to the interval training, like on your, you know, where you're just going up and then down and up and then down and up and yeah. then down. And it's 
steep and it's rocky and it's rooty. It's yeah, it's super challenging. Yeah. The other thing that's challenging is I don't, and this might be a really strange thing, but I don't know the animals in the forests out there. Mm -hmm. I don't know the bugs. And the thing that I really have a hard time with, with the snakes, because we don't have rattlesnakes out West. But the big black snakes, everybody says, oh, those are good snakes. <laughs> those are the yes. good snakes. And I'm like, what? And so that, so that's the other thing that I get freaked out about because I don't know what wildlife I'm dealing with out there. So yeah. that also kind of like gets in my head a little bit. <laughs> totally. And I mean, for me, like it's always like I hate running trails in the east because like you said they're overgrown and narrow and you can't see the snakes like when you're out west like even if there is a rattlesnake you probably are going to see it like it doesn't just like curl up right there under the brush next to the trail you know it might be under a rock but you know you'll hear it the snakes can definitely hide and copperheads especially like they can just be laying right there and you aren't even going to see them usually they're pretty chill but yeah it is it can be really disconcerting and especially when you're not familiar with the area Mm -hmm. and I don't know any of that stuff or growing up in Oregon I know that stuff and even like poison ivy versus oak we have lots of poison oak out in my area and so I don't know that stuff very well and so that also makes it challenging but whatever it's it's all about the journey and it's all about the ride and seeing where you're where you can take your body and I'm not a downer like I I'm not somebody who I try not to get beat down by my adventures I did do Corsica though and that beat me down the GR20 in Corsica oh okay that that beat me down (laughs) I have heard that that is really beautiful but very hard it is so beautiful it was it's very very gorgeous but it is extremely hard and we try to condense it you're supposed to do it in 16 days I think we did it in Mm -hmm like 13 because we had some time constraints and it it was really hard but that that is one that did beat me up but we're all good we made it yeah. learned some lessons with that one yeah I think that that's part of the fun of not just FKTs but just like trail running in general or, or just seeing a place on foot you know even if you're just hiking you know is like learning all these different things experiencing all these different things the different plants and animals and you know the different geologic features I think that that's really neat and I mean, in this country, we're really lucky. We have so many different areas to explore. Yeah, we do. And the contrast between the West Coast versus the East Coast. And the interesting thing is not knowing the East Coast as well. I feel as though I have I came in with a arrogance because, oh, well, your mountains aren't as high as our mountains. So how can they be any more difficult? But the reality of it is, is sometimes I think it's more difficult to go running because you have so much up and down, up and down, up and down mm-hmm. versus like running up to a mountain on a ridgeline and then you just run along the ridgeline for a little bit and then you run down. And so mm-hmm. it's really, really good. But it's grown me in in a way because it's like, hey, I can't come in with this like I'm an Oregonian girl. You know, it's mm-hmm. people from Colorado are probably saying, well, I'm a Colorado person or whatever. Yeah, I think that it's great to be able to do things in a different area that really pushes you because, yeah, the East just has like so much more up and down and so much steepness and, and technicality to it. And what it doesn't have in altitude, it makes up for in difficulty, like yeah. physical difficulty, which I think is, you're right, it's constantly underestimated. And it's a great place to just like really <laughs> get yourself into shape and get your yeah. butt kicked once in a while. Yeah. yeah. And it's really beautiful. You know, all the areas in the U.S. are really beautiful. And it's just fun to appreciate a different beauty than the Pacific Northwest versus what the beauty that they have out east. And you see new things. And like I said, different animals, different snakes, different vegetation, different rocks. You know, it's all been fun to explore. And I'm looking forward to exploring more 
Um, yeah. Coast, coast for sure. And I am some FKTs out there. Is it a secret? Like what FKTs you're looking at? I'm kind of um, curious what, what you've got in mind. Well, there's this one. I don't know exactly what the name of it is. So I'm almost 50 years old. So that's another thing is that as I age, it's kind of fun for me to go after these things because, hey, I'm, I'm almost 50 and I'm still getting after it. <laughs> and I know there's lots of women in my age group that are doing that or feeling that way. And so that's been a caveat to a lot of this. I try to look for one because on some of them, there it's it would be impossible for me to get the FKT. Like I thought, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day about we could try the mountain to sea trail or something, but it's somebody's already gotten it and some a younger woman. So there is one north, I don't know the name of it, but north of Asheville, that's the 40 mile loop. Um, that one I'm kind of eyeing. And then there's another, the Pigsa Mountain. I don't oh, think Pisgah, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's yeah. a short one. It's not a very mm-hmm. long one, but that one hasn't been done by a woman yet. The last time mm-hmm. I looked, I don't think that one. So that's one that I was thinking would be like good training run. But this 40 mile or just north of Asheville is another one that I'm looking at but I don't know the name of it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. It's always surprising to me how, number one, how many routes are out there and then how many routes just don't have a time in every category, mm-hmm. especially like women's categories. There's just, yeah, there's just so much. Yeah. And know, have you heard of the, the women who FKT? I have heard of it. I think that the initiative started after I left the Pacific Northwest. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's been fun like interviewing a lot of people on the podcast so far this year because quite a few of the women I've interviewed have been inspired by that organization to get out there and do more FKTs, which is fantastic. For a long time, I didn't know any other women doing FKTs. So I'm really excited to see yeah. more women out there doing FKTs yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I hope to keep doing them. I mean, yeah, I, I want to get after it for as long as I, you know, as long as I can. I mean, I've always been a hiker or backpacker, but I've never been super serious and except in later in my life. And so I always like surprise myself because I tell myself, well, what if, what, if, and you can never go back because all your journey is always what it is, right? You know, we're all, our journey is purposeful. There's things that you learn in your journey that are, because you didn't take this route, then it doesn't mean that that was a bad thing because you're always learning something along your journey. But I always wonder what it would have been like if I would have started this FKT journey or my running journey or my long haul backpacking journeys. Like, what would it have been like if I did the PCT when I was 25 years old or in my 20s? Mm-hmm. What, how would that have been a game changer for me, you know? And, and so I still have that goal. Like, I think it'd be really fun to still do the PCT. I think that'd be great. Yeah. So those are some still some goals of mine. I don't know when I'll be able to incorporate them in, but I'm going to go for as long as I can, as long as my body will let me do it. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. Keep going. I think that's always the goal. At least that's my goal. Keep going as long as possible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of curious that you've been out in, you're in Asheville, I take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you haven't set a lot of FKTs or whatever. So maybe you just talk more about the ultra running scene, but maybe what are some of the differences you've noticed between like the FKT or the ultra running scene between Oregon and the East Coast? Because I, I feel yeah. like a lot of times they're different, like, entities all together. Oh, goodness. So 
I feel as though I haven't really integrated a whole lot with the people on the East Coast yet. Like, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something that I need to work on. But I feel as though Oregon, and I also used to live in Bend, Oregon. I don't know if you've heard of uh-huh. Bend. But oh, yeah. Everybody's an athlete. You know, every yes. person is an athlete. And everybody, like, I feel like people are throwing down FKTs all the time. And we, everybody's a runner. And they're always going full force to the wind. <laughs> You know, they're always, you know, every, all my friends are all talking. They're all like, why well, did this? Why did this? Why did this? And I don't see that as much in, in the circle that I've built. But I did meet up with two women who are super fun. They're, I met these two English women and I've been running with them a lot. And so that's been fun to get to know them and run with them. But it's hard to compare because I haven't had much experience with the ultra FKT culture on the East Coast. So it's a hard, a little bit harder of a question to answer. But, um, yeah. but I yeah. do, but I do feel like maybe there's not as many that do it on the East Coast. But maybe that's just my perception versus on the West Coast it seems like everybody does it, but they're all my friends. So it's, it's just right. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, no, it totally does. Especially yeah. when you're I mean, you're really fully integrated into the scene in one area. It's like it takes some time to get integrated into it in another area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. A funny story is I did run the Black Canyon Ultra and this was after my injury on the Pilot Rock, Hanging Rock Ultra. And during the race, I ran into this gentleman and he was from the Raleigh-Durham area and we started talking mm-hmm. about ultra marathons. And he's like, yeah, did you hear about that woman who fell on that race and she had been called <laughs> off the course? And I was like, yeah, that was me. I'm the person who did that. That was that was me. Yeah. So you're already legendary in the community. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you want to call a green curtain and carried off the course and my 50K turning into a 5K, yeah, I'm legendary. <laughs> so, yeah. So you mentioned that you're looking at doing FKTs more as like training. Do you have a bunch of races, you know, scheduled? I do. I just, in May, the beginning of May, I did the Stumptown Ultra in Portland, Oregon. And it was a slippery mess, <laughs> super muddy, but I felt like I was ghostwriting down a mountain at one point. And then this weekend, I just did the Rogue Relay, which is a relay race. It started out at the Applegate Lake in Oregon and ended up at the beach. On the East Coast, I would like to go back and do the Hanging Mountain Pilot Rock Mount uh, Ultra just to kind of prove to myself that I can do that race and not fall and get carted off the course. Right. So Some that, redemption. Yeah, a redemption. I don't know. I feel as though the FKT might... I, I do want to put a lot more into that just because I, I just think it's so much fun because I grew up doing track and cross country and road racing. And in my earlier years, I, it would cause me so much stress because every time I would go run, I'd have to run, okay, you have to do this many miles and you have to do, do it at this speed. And I remember one year I ran the Hood to Coast Relay with my twin. I'm a twin and my sister also runs and we were both running paces that were below a seven 20 minute mile pace. And which for a road race, I mean, that's, I mean, yes, it's not like six minute miles, but it's still pretty fast. And so I can't, uh, I can't keep up with that speed anymore. And so the thing I like about the ultras is I don't feel that anxiety as I would in a road race. And, and that also translates to the FKTs because it's like internal challenge. Can I complete this? Can I do this? Is this something that's possible can I navigate you know will I be able to find the trail and am I going to navigate this without my boyfriend calling people who come and save me you know (laughs) am I going to get home on a decent hour before he calls the rescue operation (laughs) so that's what I love about the FKTs is because it's like you can find something and say I 
I, I think I can do that. And yeah. I love the adventure of trying to navigate the routes. I mean, that's really fun to me. And I got my first degree in geography and actually did map making for years. And so cartography okay. and map making is something that's really fun. So navigating, which is a, I mean, yes, we have the GPS things, but navigating and orienteering is kind of an old sport because we have all this technology that we don't know. Like nobody really reads the contour lines anymore to try and say, you know, it's all just right there. And so that's just really fun for me just to navigate. That kind of throws another wrench into the whole excitement of the adventure. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yeah. I think you touch on a lot of the really appealing parts of FKTs, you know, like being able to design your own race course, really. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a race of one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like part of the fun is like drooling over the maps and like looking at them and plotting your route. And so I just I guess I I'm just amazed by um, all the people that are younger that are going after these FKTs. And I think to myself, would I have been able to do those when I was their age, like in my early 20s? And I didn't have the confidence to go out into the forest all by myself. Like that was something that was extremely terrifying to me. And I guess that takes me into the next stage as if, well, I didn't get that done back then. But hey, maybe I make it an age thing. You know, maybe, hey, I'm 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 one of the older women that go after these FKTs. Look, look that's right. really cool. And you can do it too. <laughs> just because we're getting older and just because maybe our body doesn't work the same way does not mean that we still can't get after things. So even though I didn't have the confidence then, I can still have the confidence in moving forward. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of the reason younger women have the confidence now is because they have people like you as role models. see that they can get out there and get after it no matter what well thanks again julie i really appreciate you coming on here and and sharing all this wonderful insight thank you for having me thanks again julie for coming on the show you can check out her fkts on the website fastestknowntime.com and follow her at julie k wallace on instagram and facebook thanks for tuning in until next time this is heather on the fkt podcast Thank you.